0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this, but with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades, find new roads. Chevrolet. That
1: was an angry man in the uh, park end. That was the Upper Gladys, uh, that? I was the
2: Upper he's, upper Gladys. He's in, upper, he's in the Upper Gladys channel and is in a park end.
1: Ah, fair dues. Now, yeah, there's an angry man in the upper Gladys saying, fucking shite, and Everton were exactly that again today. Um, I think that's eight games in a row now about a win for the Toffees, um, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, Palace, Leicester, all to come before Christmas time. Uh, it's just horrible, isn't it? Les Roberts, as I said, and Rob Vera, joining me. Uh, Rob, Everton are in deep, deep trouble, aren't they?
0: Uh, Yeah looks that way um i don't know man i'm just trying i'm trying my best to muster anything beyond indifference um that that 11 out there um is full of really two types and maybe those two types overlap they're that, that 11 out there, I would say Bar DeCore, who, you know, for the most part, since he's been at the club, has been a net positive. I think we can all agree on that. Um, that's a bunch of losers out there. Um, that 11 is full of either losers or guys who are not skilled enough to be starting in a Premier League side that has any chance of even being functional. Um, and some of them are both some of them are both losers and uh, guys who aren't good enough so um they and and everything about their body language everything about the effort i, I mean i I'll, I'll just for full transparency here guys i i after the penalty i turned it off i, I don't because there's no point i don't. They they have showed nothing for so many weeks in a row in terms of any kind of uh, any kind of willingness or or grit to get back into anything. There's no resolve. There's no, you know, overcoming adversity or looking like they even care to. Um, Maybe they don't know they're in a relegation fight. Maybe they and, and we're six points clear of the drop zone. So maybe we are, maybe we aren't. But again, this is sort of the way the league is structured. If you're in the middle, uh, you if you're safe, uh, and you know, but yet you're really bad, you also kind of – and I don't know that we're safe, by the way, but I'm just saying that maybe they're – I think they are playing like a bunch of guys who, are, who have no objectives. There's nothing to win. And really, I don't know if any of them quite feel yet that there's anything to lose. Maybe they're going to feel that more uh, after we lose four more in a row coming up here pretty soon. Um, but I, I just tend to think that it's like you said on Twitter, Matt, like, uh, I don't know what to do. I've had, we've been having the same conversation for five years, so I don't really know. I'm just almost, I'm so tired of the conversation that this club is aimless. Uh, these, you know, too many of these players are aimless and you're getting, and, and it looks like it now. I think the difference now is that it probably looks worse now than it's ever looked, uh, and I know that we've had some bad teams the last few years, but it just, it, it looks terrible. And if the players are this indifferent, how, how are fans not supposed to be the fact that we're, you know, before we hit record talking about, you know, some of you guys, you, you two were talking about whether or not you even want to go to the game on Wednesday. I mean, I, I don't blame you. I wouldn't want to either. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have any answers anymore. I'm just, I'm struggling to feel anything about this group anymore. Les, how about you, mate?
1: How how are you feeling after that? It's um, you know just sort of scrolling through social media there, and I don't think that was Emerson's worst performance of the last few weeks by by any means, but it was just the the inability to to be ruthless and and to hit sort of weak spots in a team that had so many injuries, were in such poor form, and aren't really that that good anyway. You know, there might be Brentford fans watching this, and fair play to them. That was that's the sort of game you walk away from. I think. We've dug one out there with so many players out injured, out, out of form. The atmosphere was great. You know, fair play to them. But from everton's point of view, it was just it was just tepid and stagnant, wasn't it, for us?
2: Yeah, I think the best thing you can say is it wasn't as bad as it has been. But I mean, that's hardly lashing praise at them, is it? Because it was dreadful. Brentford, as you say, Brentford had injuries he weren't good today at all. We do the basics right today there. We win. But at times in the second half, where Demari Gray. He's probably hit the six-yard box, the middle of the six-yard box, three times there. And there's players, Rondon's hiding behind a defender. He's not getting on the front foot to get the ball. It's basic stuff like that. Um, Benitez has escaped a bit of criticism, but it's starting to build up. And I think his biggest hit, his biggest issue has been he had one plan when he came. It was basically get Gray, get Townsend, get the ball into Calvert-Lewin. Oh, Calvert Loom's not been in the team. We've had absolutely no way of scoring, really. I mean, the woe scored our last goal against Wolves, which I don't know, it may have been two or three matches ago. I'm not sure, but it feels like forever ago. And even that was a consolation and like a, a really performance again. It's just, I think I said, I think I said on mailbag, I think it was, I don't think, yeah, did, because we went on a write down at the start of it. Um, I don't think I've felt this bad before, this despondent, because it's, it's the entire club. Nothing's going right. Nothing seems to be getting done right. There seems to be no sort of plan to get us, you know, to get anything functioning properly at the club. And um, just to pick up on like sort of what Rob said, the us was not being asked. Going on Wednesday, that's genuinely how I feel at the minute because I hate that away end at the best of times. Given the predicament we're in, the way they're playing, I really can't even think about facing it. It sort of takes me back to ninety. 19- or when we were on our arse completely and we were playing them and it was Joe Roy's first game. Now the difference there was we had players that could dig out a performance that could get stuck in. Technically, he weren't the greatest, but you know he gets get stuck in. And he like, I think Joe Royal famously said, you know, if a Chris Packard blew across the park, it would have got tackled in that game, this lot wouldn't do that. It's just not there. There's nothing in this team that suggests that he can he can dig out anything. I mean, I was speaking to my mates about it, and they were saying, you know. Talking about like if, if Ferguson was in charge for this, we'd we end with, probably would probably end up with seven men on the pitch or something. There's absolutely no way any of those players are capable of putting in a, a late challenge, let alone a dirty challenge, or rolling the sleeves up and getting stuck in and knocking shit out of the opposition just stupid there. tackles like Andros Townsend did today oh, yeah. in the box. You
1: know, oh my god, that lost that that was the most angry point in the game, giving away a foul when they're in the you know, it's just it's not even like they're getting stuck in and they're losing their heads out of frustration a little bit, it's just like it's like, oh, can't be arsed with this. I just going to dangle a leg here, or I'm going to throw a leg yeah. up there. It's not like the players are getting really annoyed. It's not like you know, he was stupid last week for making that tackle, he cost us a little bit today. with are charging, but at least he's sort of arsed and is like having a go. Yeah. He needs to obviously, you need obviously, he needs to obviously curb his petulance a little bit. But the, 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 some of the players today, the yellow cards are just flimsy ah, uh, I don't really want to be here today. I've had enough yeah. of this. It's self-sabotage. And, it's and self-sabotage. And, it he, he, like. and I think that the one that sort of summed it up for me is even that first half, when Salomon Rondon, bless him, he was actually a five out of ten today, you know, if was if, if is two, which, you know, it says, it says a lot in itself. But the, the lads had the shirt and then he pulled off his back. Yeah. And no one says anything to the referee, even himself. No one puts their hands up. No one appeals. And then when you've got something like what, which happens with them, which was, is equally a blatant penalty, if not less so, everyone's around the referee, everyone's screaming, everyone, there's, there's that desperation for them to, to get something anything out of this game. For us a lot, so be it. If we lose, we lose. That, that, that's the sort of attitude that's seeped in.
2: I think, he, I think your point about Richarlison's a good one because he, in a good way, he's a very selfish player. So he thinks about himself, he thinks about if things reflect badly on him, it reflects badly on his career. His future prospects. So he just, even if he just cares about himself, he cares enough to want to play as well as he can in every single game. And he doesn't sometimes he has a stinker, but he will always put the effort in because he cares. But he's got he's got that professional pride that he thinks if I play shit or if the team plays shit, this this reflects badly on me as well. And that it seems like too many of them in that team, they're just happy to go out and just stroll around. There's no one like getting a grip of each other and saying look. We can go on and win this. We can do something in this game because they could have done that. There was enough on There's, that. I mean, if you look at it, you know, we've got injury problems. There was two players missing from that team today. Yeah. what probably will be our first 11. That's it. And if you can't muster with that player, that you know, those players on the pitch, if you can't muster anything meaningful against that Brentford team, you're fucked. There's absolutely nothing you can do with that. Didn't they have a child in goal as well? Yeah. <laughs> didn't
1: put him under any pressure, no balls into the box underneath him or anything. No one giving him a little bump here and there to try and, you know, ruffle him out. You know, I think did he did have one save to make in the entire game. And that was in the first <laughs> that half. Was it, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. <sighs> not, there's no pressure on him at all.
0: Yeah. The the, the, the dead looks on the faces is just the, the worst, the, the most insulting part of it, you know, for all the, for all the, for all the, the diet, you know, for all the narrative around Richarlison having a, you know, an up, you know a disappointed, upset, petulant look on his face. To Les's point, at least I, I, I can point out and count on one hand, and it, w- it wouldn't even take the full hand. By the way, the number of players in that entire Everton squad that actually care. And you know I, I understand, and and I'm I'm always one of the first to say that that sometimes we as as fans shouldn't overly analyze nonverbal cues and body language and, you know, and, and tie that directly to um, okay. whether or not a player cares or not. But if you see it enough for a prolonged period and to the context that Les just referred to playing against a, a new, a promoted side who was full of injuries who played terribly themselves. I mean, if you can't muster that, I, I, like I'm willing to accept in a season like this, that we are basically in jail this season in terms of, okay, we don't have uh, the tools to improve the squad this season because of a combination of money and lack of depth. And of course, just having players that, that, you know, for, there's all kinds of contexts, whatever. I can accept that we might play badly. We might, perform badly um, and or not get results because of just the fact that we're coming to a gunfight with knives. But what people really can't accept is that that group of, of knife wielding guys don't have knives. Instead they have popsicle sticks and uh, you know, they're, and, and, and they don't seem to even care enough to want to save themselves. I think that's the thing too, is that sometimes when an animal is wounded, an animal will, you know, will fight if fight to the death to try to save itself. And I think that's been the most dispiriting thing about this group is that they have been wounded for, I don't know how long, and they don't they just don't see that they, there does not that they have not displayed any level of of proficiency at at least giving some sort of maximum effort and by the way if we're going to lose these games and it comes back to these uh, to to how much this club and this manager and by the way he's not any different than the last few managers as well they are such slaves to this conventional wisdom that well We can't play young players because God knows that if we played young players, uh, they would walk out onto the pitch in a Premier League match and just magically explode into dust and and would ruin their careers. I I, I don't understand. If we're going to lose games, why don't we lose at least with some interesting things to watch, like players being developed or or, or seeing players who uh, at least present better pace on the pitch? We don't have pace. We don't have skill we don't have toughness and if you don't have any of those things and you combine it with a toxic unwillingness to even engage in competition like this group seemed to be allergic to at this point then you get the most, the, the absolute worst form of losing. Because make no mistake, guys, there are different ways to lose, and I would rather lose in a way that at least I can look at and say, "Uh, you know." But there is this is an investment in something that will come later. This is getting certain guys' experiences, whatever. And I get that we don't have a lot to work with, but it was criminal not to make any substitutions with three strikers on the bench today. It, to, to, to like, what is better, uh, R- Solomon Rond? who has experience but has no ability left or a young player with no experience but has ability at least. I'd rather see the young player. I'd rather see at least something different. But this whole idea that, well, there's nothing he can do but run Solomon Rondon into the ground who, as you said, was not the worst player on the pitch today is symptomatic of a greater unwillingness or inability to think outside of the most basic of boxes. Weird. I mean, Brentford, <clears throat> Brentford, Man City, whether they're good teams or bad teams, they're all playing young players at certain points and trying to to get by. But we are unwilling to even do that. And it just – results in the most uninspired crap to watch. And it just creates an indifference that becomes toxic. Go ahead and sack Benitez if you want, but if you think that anything's really changing until you get a manager and a leadership structure in here that is willing to say, what we have been doing for the last, I don't know how, insert however many years you want to into this discussion, until we are willing to try different things, uh, you know, until we are willing to accept that insanity is doing the same thing over and over and getting the same result, until we're willing to accept that these things aren't working and that something new must be tried, then, then there's just no point to any of this, and it's 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 heartbreaking to have discussions like this. It's sad. I'm tired of it. Everyone else is. I'm angry. You're angry. It's ruined your Sunday. Uh, I don't know what to tell you guys, but you know, until Everton start caring, why should we? No, I think that
1: that that's fair enough. And you know, looking at the comments here, Les, and people keep keep getting your comments in. We'll rattle through some of them before we finish tonight. But there is a lot of anger towards that the manager has, and I think. One thing where I've been really disappointed in him is that, you know, everyone who we spoke to from various clubs, Newcastle, Liverpool, said that you'd get, you can get eleven lads on the pitch and get them organised at least. And as much as Brentford didn't threaten in the second half today, he could have easily scored a couple in in that first half, from open play as well as the penalty. Uh, defensively, just it looks like a side that's all over the place, doesn't it? And, and there are that's players. There are players there that you'd think that a defensive manager would improve, like Michael Keane, like Ben Godfrey, like Alain. And they just look completely shell-shocked. And in the first half, all Brentford had to do was apply a little bit of pressure, knock the ball over the top a couple of times to Mbwema and and Tony. And just those simple, basic actions from their point of view were enough to just completely unpick uh, and pull apart our defence. And for a manager that's meant to be all about defending and all about organisation and all about aggression, I'm not really seeing well. I'm not really seeing much of that at all at the moment.
2: No, not at all. The whole defense just looks terrified of making a mistake, um, and it has done for weeks now. And that's what terrifies me most about going into the derby. Michael Keane makes a mistake in the first minute. We could concede ten quite feasibly because he will just fall apart. The thing for me is, it come things like that come down, so you can you set your team up. Like there's your back four. It's a standard back four. That's an exper- relatively experienced back four. Got the Ben his side. It's a relatively experienced back foot, They should know what they're doing. It comes down to attitude and desire as well. They've got no, no desire to make sure that they win that ball. When they do get that ball, they are not. They just want to get rid of it. They just want to get it off the feet. There was one point in the second half. It seemed dead trivial, but the ball got lofted over. And Michael Keane just did a really lazy header right into the middle of the pitch, straight to one of their players. It's like, no, take it down, take a touch, or if you're going to head it, put it out wide that way, the way you are facing, it's really basic stuff, but it just shows that it's like the first instinct is to, I don't want this ball. And that's when you're in trouble, when you've got defenders playing, like, and they're that terrified of having the ball. You're screwed. You, you know, you, you can't build anything from the back. Once they start getting attacked, it could just fall apart that easy. Like we saw against Watford and it's, it is dead worrying because as you say, we all, I think, I think the biggest thing we were worried about was that we come in and we, just like defensive as hell. We'd be grinded out nil nil after nil, nil after nil nil, and we couldn't score. I'd give anything for that now.
1: Yeah. because it's like it's, like, it's like, but it's like they're trying to play like that, but they're just
0: terrible at it. You know, yeah. got, how many clean sheets have we kept this season? You're not good at any. But what are they good at? Yeah, like, that's true. That's the thing I keep coming back to is that everyone says, "Well, I wish you the manager would set up this way. I wish you would do that." Like, but that assumes that that, that there is a best version of this thing out there that 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 no one is just un, you know able to find. And I think that's why, again, I. Acknowledge that I'm not saying this is the total solution, but if you've got a group of experienced players who have shown you time and time again that they are failures and that they are busts, then at least, at least let's fail with some something that I don't, you know, the unknown. I'd rather fail with the unknown right now. And that's what makes me crazy. Michael Keane, look, Michael Keen is i i have boy i've gone every direction because uh you know there was a time i mean clearly this 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 uh omicron fucking strain needs to come back and you know get get rid of the fans because that's the only way he's gonna play uh half decent apparently but but michael Keane to me his the way he plays is so uh is so indicative of the ether. You know, like you know how certain players you look at and you say, Well, this the way this player is and the way this player plays, that's the attitude of this team. Michael Keane, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Michael Keane is the most emblematic of this entire team plays scared plays overly conservative doesn't want to take chances uh, is waiting for the next shoe to fall and that's how the whole side plays it's not all Michael Keene's fault I'm just simply saying that that he is he is 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 indicative of that that problem that we can't seem to get rid of and and again i don't i don't think this is about any one player this is not about like like calvert lewin comes back and everything's magically better i think that this is just a squad full of bad ideas that were discarded by several managers. And now you're getting them all together and asking Rafa Benitez to put them, you know, to come up with a best version of them. And I just don't know that, that there is a best version of this group. And I don't know why that is, but, but I think, I don't know many times we have to see the same thing because I, so many of the discussions we have in these post matches or, or during the week are about, well, If we could finally see this player turn a corner, if we could finally see this group do this. The thing is, is that we keep saying that as if it's just right there and they just need to inch forward and they're this close, but they're not close. None of this is close at all. Um, And that's why we are we're staring straight at, uh, at a relegation fight. I'm still a little skeptical that we'll actually get relegated, but, but my God, you look at that fixture list coming up, and, and Matt, you pointed this out several times, like, where are the points? Brentford was the best opportunity for, and believe me, conservatively, I was just thinking, well, get a point today, and it's something. Uh, but I, I don't see even a, a single point in these next uh, handful of games. Now, I know it doesn't always work out that way, uh, but but we are staring, and, you know, staring straight at something awful uh happening to us. And 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 as I say that, there there will at some point you know come this a point in the conversation where we begin to have the real, the real gallows uh discussion, gala's humor of would relegation be the worst thing? <laughs> and I and, and everyone says it would because Well, if Everton get relegated, they won't come back. Well, you know what? At a certain point, guys, you have to earn your place in this league. You have to earn the right to be here. And you have to ask yourself at a certain point, do Everton deserve to be in the Premier League if this, what we have seen pretty much nonstop in some form or fashion for the last half decade or so, if this is the best that we can do, I don't know that we have a good argument to make to deserve to be there. And if you disagree with me or if if Everton or these players disagree with a notion as as you know potentially hyperbolic as that, that, that they don't that they don't deserve to be in the Premier League. Well, then show me why you do, because they have not shown any signs of life now for months. We're now into the months, guys. We're not into this has been bad for a couple of weeks or it's an injury here or there. There is a cloud and a cancer that is stuck into this group that I don't know what it's going to take, but it feels increasingly like we're going to have to talk about extreme measures at a certain point. Because all of these sort of, you know, working around the edges or thinking that a manager is going to come to save us, a manager is not going to save this thing, guys. It, it is going to take a complete overhaul of this squad uh, and some, some selling of players that you like and some reinvestment and hoping that some of those things go well. And even then, that might not be enough. But, but clearly, this group is a net negative on every level. and they're not even a fun group to watch lose.
1: And, <laughs> so and, I, I, and the, the I'm just
0: die. I don't know what else to say. The I'm, people I'm, who put I'm this out. group,
1: the people who put this group together as well, Rob, are, you know, a massive net negative as well. Yes. I know we 100%. spoke about it. I spoke about it in the week, but I feel like it's important to mention it at this point. The people who have assembled this, this, <laughs> this rabble of, of shit houses should not go without any kind of, any kind of matches sorry Les we you going to make a point there
2: mate no I was just going to say the thing about relegation it's the way it's sort of rearing its head again and it's um, it wouldn't be a great reset for the club it, it I mean I can I can see why people think you get bored and you think you know what it must be better than this Relegated, we, we might be decent every two I'm not weeks, so saying that. relegation no, would no, be good, no, no, but, I'm just saying no, but that we don't we have to earn our place here, and we, we're but not doing it right now. If you look at it from one perspective, we are the actual ideal non-top six team because we get beat by the top six all the time. We're likely to fuck up against smaller teams for a bit of a like a bit of comedy value, and we just sort of exist. We're the perfect fodder basically for this league, and we have been for years. But I think, not, I'm not saying you were saying this, Rob, but there is a little bit of a prevailing feeling, and it's been at the club before, that if you get relegated, you can you can sort of reset. And I don't think it works like that because we can't, we're basically consolidated as a really dull and boring mid-table team. We can't make the step up from that to a reasonable team. If we're in the Championship, there's absolutely no way we can go from that level down there to be, even competence in that league, I don't think, because it'll be a battle every week. We will be the massive club in that division that everybody wants to leather, and they probably would, given the state of it. And this, this from the top down, with the club, it goes right through, and it's affected the fans now, because I have not been to a game where there's been a good atmosphere for a long time. Man City away was dreadful. QPR was rubbish. Home games are terrible. It's just, and I can see why, because you go to the game and you think, I can't be asked with this. I cannot be bothered. I was speaking to my dad before, and we were thinking about giving up season tickets. Saying if we pick and choose our games, it becomes more enjoyable when because you kind of make it about right, we're we'll going to that game and we'll just go all, all out. We'll go into town for something to eat and some drinks and We'll go to the game, we we'll afterwards. It becomes a bit of an occasion. At the minute, we're getting over there at two o'clock and getting back home by half five. And you've seen absolutely nothing. And I imagine that's how a lot of people feel. You get there, you, you're waiting for them to do something on the pitch. They're obviously waiting for us to do something and it's like everyone's just yeah. standing blankly blinking at each other and it's it's horrible. I just I, there's no when, when we've been this bad in the past there has been a bit of a siege mentality back to the wall us right. The disconnect between the fans and the players now and the manager and the board it's so massive that everyone sort of look at each other and shove and go
0: well, up to you to do something. Well, unless can I can I just say and this I know I've been I, I've probably been saying some version of this for years and years and years. But I think sometimes if you think about just, you know, being being a being a human being, there's nothing worse than feeling unheard. There's nothing worse than feeling like like your uh, your opinions, your views are, are not heard at all. And that's why social media for instance becomes this increasingly uh, toxic place because uh, even though a lot of people think they're being heard they're really for the most part screaming into nothingness the the structure of of the structure of I don't want I don't know what you guys would call it I don't know if it's a cultural accepted culturally accepted uh, expectation that, The decision makers really just don't ever face any actual scrutiny because I'm sorry, guys, like criticizing Marcel Brands on Twitter isn't scrutiny. Marcel Brand's having to sit in a press conference once a week or be interviewed regularly uh, and have to answer tough questions like you see decision-makers at his level have to do in almost every other professional team sport on planet fucking Earth. That is accountability. That is Wait, well, Rob. He's, he's not even going to be in front of real people at the AGM coming up. In no, a, in a few that, that ex- uh, exactly. And that is, to me... What we have here is our frustrations boil over and boil over. We get angry. We yell into the nothingness void of social media. And yet you get. What do you get every week? You get the manager who has to do one presser a week, where everyone seems to get to ask one question, no follow-up questions. You ask about injuries; he may or may not tell the truth. And then when someone when he says, "Well, this player is out," and then you ask, "Well, when is he going to be back?" Oh, I don't know, you know. And then just kind of moves on, and no one follows up with anything else. And and you have that kind of expectation here, that kind of setup that allows the decision makers at Everton to. I'm, I'm sorry, all they have to do. Do is delete Twitter. Um, if they do that, their lives are pretty comfortable for them. Unless there is someone who is confronting them while they're you know while they're out in you know on, you know in the town uh, eating their dinner, um, they they don't face real scrutiny. And so, what are we left with? We are left with an organization that any in, in almost any other sport these decision makers would have all been fired years ago and yet what we do is we just make it about the manager and we just say well let's get a new manager in here and then when the manager doesn't work we get you know we just we make it about him and well these players are awful and you know why are these players injured all the time well the problem well part of the problem too is that we don't really know what the injury status of any any of these guys is at any given time because we have come to accept that well we we shouldn't we as fans we're just poor peon fans we don't deserve to know what the actual extent of an injury is we we just hope that we get some breadcrumbs from you know from the three reporters that everton decide to give information to it is insane that we have accepted this construct and it exacerbates the rage feelings that we have because we are in a point where all we know is what we can see. And what we see is a team that consistently underperforms and in some ways has quit and yet those players face th- those players don't have to face the scrutiny of interviews on any consistent basis the manager has to do it once a week and it's it, it is about a 15 minute thing that he gets to brush off and all of the decision makers Ken Wright Brands Mashiri they skate by without any accountability and people there's too many of people who accept that this is normal it's not normal and we should demand more and the AGM to Matt's point and that'll be my final point that is just the cherry on the cake Of of The decision makers saying these are the crumbs that you're going to get and you're going to live with it because what are you going to do we're building you a stadium that should be enough, and and then they are very dismissive at this at that point for all the good things that Everton do in the community and everything else, um, the way in which the, the the adversarial way that they operate with their fans. Uh, is is part of a larger structural problem that, that, that says that accountability does not have to exist. And accountability, guys, is not a, not a really quippy thing on Twitter that gets retweeted a bunch of times. Accountability is decision makers having to sit down and actually face tough questions. And until those things happen, there's no, in, there's no real incentive for, for actual structural change to occur at Everton. And that's just the bottom line.
2: I totally agree, Rob. And I, I, think, I think to that point as well, I think the fact that they've done that with the AGM and not going to face any fans in person it shows the contempt that they hold the fans in, and it, they're just happy to skate along as you said as they are because there's no accountability there. They you know they should be taking tough questions from fans, um, and they bottled it, and that just, just shows the contempt that they hold everyone in. This is this is where like fans need to mobilise the game and start making um, making the voices heard in that regard. But then you get the counter arguments or it's affecting the players. Well, it can't really affect the players any worse than
1: they already are. Well, but that, this is where they played the a blinder, is isn't it, Les? Because on Wednesday, when Everton get levered, who's going to get the grief? Yeah, exactly. It's gonna, it's, it's going to be it's going to be beneath us. Yeah, yep. like, You know, I, it's I. I, I guess you see I and say it's not going to work of him. And if he got if he got the boot tomorrow, I wouldn't be asked really. You know, and I don't necessarily think there's somebody out there who's going to make Everton any better or, or or any worse. But there's no connection there. there's, there's no affinity. There's no real. You know, I don't really feel anything t- towards the fella. But in a season where the board thought, bloody hell, we're not going to spend much money here. This could be a bit of a ropey, a ropey road. The cynic in me all of a sudden sort of thinks, well, actually, maybe they've got this fella in to mm-hmm. be a bit of a human shield to any grief yeah. that he might, might get. And on Wednesday, if Everton go 2-0 down inside 20 minutes and Goodlestone starts getting angry and people start losing the plot, there's only one fella in that stadium with the red sing singing his name and taking the piss that's going to get the grief for it. And, it, and it's going to be Benitez. And yep. listen, he's not done, not done great as an Everton manager so far. I've, I've already said in this podcast, you know, for a manager who's supposed to be defensively sound and get a team being robust and cohesive, he's fallen well short in that aspect, regardless of the players we, we've got out. But he doesn't deserve to be the one who's going to get all hell and least on him on, on Wednesday night. But that's, that's what's going to happen. And, you know, people, all the build-up in the game is going to be about Benitez. Everything after the game is going to be about Benitez. And I'd be very surprised if any major outlets or anything else zeroed in on what actually else is going on at Everton. What's the owner doing? Who's making these decisions and constantly interfering in football and matters? Why is the director of football an empty suit? How on earth are some of these players managed to find a way to this football club on such big money? Um, it's just—it just feels like we're trapped. and We're trapped in a, in a in a vicious cycle of our own
2: making. Yeah, it does. Benitez definitely does feel like a fall guy in this now. He—it's like people thought he is a manager who in the past, everyone knows he falls out with everybody he works with. So automatically the board has got to get out there. He does this all the time. He's just, he's just an awkward character. My hope was that he could come in and be so obstinate in whatever he does is that he does get rid of some people on the board and he does, he does make that change happen. But I think, as you say, the fact that he's not doing it on the pitch, he's got to do it on the pitch first to get the luxury of being able to sort of Get his own way as far as the boardroom concerned. All he's come in and done is basically sack a few medical staff, and that, that, as far as they will let him get away with. They're keeping him on a short lease there. Uh, you know, he could he come in knowing that he couldn't spend any money. He was happy to do that. He's he's got such belief in his own abilities that he thought he could do something with this squad. Fair enough, he's got that self belief. He can't do anything with this squad. He's shown that now. We were asking at the start of the season, do you think this is sustainable? And it did look sustainable at that point because we were playing the sort of football that we quite like, because we were, it was like we were breaking on the counter-attack and that's always good to see it. Get you off seats. We were winning yeah. games. As soon as that sort of fell apart and that plan didn't work, there was nothing behind it. he's had no way of grinding out results or goals since, what, yeah. September? I think it is. So he's shown he is not up for the job. So he's not going to get the change he wants if he wants it in the boardroom. And it's going to go on and on. He will get the sack at some point, probably soon. I think could
1: because, be, it could be on Thursday, couldn't it? Again, could
2: it could be, yeah. It you know, is, he has got to take the hit for it. <laughs> but it goes, as you said, as both of you said, it goes way, way deeper. And this is where we can't really stand for it. But it's how do you get a group of fans up for protesting against the board when they just had the living shit beat out of them season yeah. after season? And just we're just apathetic now. I that, that's exactly how I feel. I just scrub now. It's like I'll be going spare on Wednesday if we get leathered. Um, yeah, Wednesday. I'll be I'll be absolutely apoplectic about it. But then it's sort of like it goes down and you're like, yeah, we've got Bastard in the derby again. Sound. And then I just don't think there's enough about us to mobilize a whole fan base against the board because the club isn't that much of a malaise and everyone is that apathetic. It's just, there's nothing there anywhere
1: yeah phone can go out the window in a derby I can't can't even say it can't even make that joke sorry I can't can't even can't even get through it Uh, let's just quickly rattle through some quotes uh, quotes comments um, from YouTube we've gone through a I've gone on a while here so apologies for wittering on but surprised there are this many people
0: watching it Uh, uh, (laughs)
1: Rob Rob we've had a comment here from uh, James Schofield so this American knows
0: his stuff (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, trust me, I really don't, but thank yeah, you. Yeah,
1: it's a rarity for Rob to be fair. Uh, only, only joking. Uh, but Andrew Mellington, hope you're doing well, mate. So, I've had the human shield for it myself, conspiracy theory. We knew FFP was going to be a backbreaker this summer, so Rafa was a perfect win win. Uh, Andrew Maxwell saying, his 61 year support on this team, I've rarely seen a more pathetic performance. Where do we go from here? We are awful, really awful. Uh, Joubinio, Brands is a weird one. He's made good and bad signings, but you wonder how much independence he has from Mishiri and or the manager. Uh, and we'll do one more. Uh, David Collins, Derby will be worse than Watford. Could be a repeat of Arsenal, smashing seven past us. I mean, it's going to be grim on Wednesday, isn't it, Rob?
0: Yeah, Well, it is. And it's that's what happens when bad teams play good teams most of the time. And so we I I think that's the thing that that um, I think that's, again, coming back to that point, like I I do sometimes think that we romanticize the notion of the heart, you know, and everyone hates the, the P word, the plucky Everton, you know, but, but um I, I have sometimes recognized the limits of just simply having an untalented, hardworking team, you know, that, that there's a ceiling there for sure. But there's nothing worse than an untalented, non hardworking team. And that's, that's the problem. I think that, I think that, you um, know, I think about the fact that there's, there's an irony, for instance, and I don't know if this is uniquely American, but I don't think it is because I do think that people really do love you know someone who goes down swinging you know i mean the fact that arguably the greatest sports movie ever uh features a, a a boxing hero who loses at the end loses in the big match at the end of the at the end of the movie oh spoilers yeah. rob come on oh i know i'm sorry <laughs> if i if spoiled <laughs> 1977's or 76's rocky for you i apologize but I, I i think that i i think that the the lack of the lack of fight the lack of and, and that's what fans I think that's the other thing, too, is for those of you out there who are watching this and, and listen to us and, and watch these games every week um, and you hurt um, because of this. I think that that the a um, your feelings are, are totally valid because that you have invested something or, or your your parents lineage, whatever has invested you in this and, and it matters to you and, and I'm don't ever take the, the fact that I get to these dark, sad and different places and think that it doesn't matter. I mean it, it does that inside me quietly, my heart is breaking over all of this. Uh, but I think that when you feel that way, all you want to feel is that the players are just as upset as, you know, or at least somewhat, not just as, but at least somewhat as upset as you are and we'll, we and and are looking at themselves in the mirror and thinking, I, I want to turn this around. I want to make something, you know, positive happen. And the fact that we're now at a point where, you know, we used to watch Everton sides who would get beat, uh, going down swinging, we thought, well, it's just because we don't have money. They're not good enough. And that, that was probably true then, too. I think the difference now is that that now we're looking at a side who don't have any fight. And so if they don't have any fight, it, it continuously asking us, who are one of the best traveling supports in, in all of Europe, who are one of the most loyal fan bases in all of, of world football, to continue, you know, for the club to continue to go to the well of our goodwill and and take for granted that we're just going to show up no matter what, because we all sort of live in these truisms of, well, you back the team no matter what, you you know, you got to be there no matter what. At a certain point, there's something abusive about this club continuing to go to the well of our goodwill. Over and over and over again without giving us something in return. And I don't necessarily just used to, when I said that before, it used to mean trophies or winning. Well, now it's just basic effort a goal? And the, the fact
1: that, goal? Yeah, a
0: goal yeah the fact that we can't even the, the fact that we can't look at these players and i'm not saying all of them but 90 of them the fact that we can look at these players and whether it's true or not perception is reality and feel like they don't share at least some of this pain that then makes us as fans ask what is our investment for if this investment is not shared? If this investment is not shared, uh, then then what are we doing here? And the fact that the players uh, not only don't seem to be able to answer that question right now or unwilling to answer that question uh, is problematic enough. And, and as I pointed out before, the fact that they don't, have to ever face the scrutiny of being asked those questions is 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 something that is a problem in and of itself but until the dynamic changes and when i talked about relegation before les i'm not suggesting that relegation would be a good thing i think my 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 broader point is that at some point we have to change that dynamic where we no longer feel like we belong just because we're Everton. We need to prove that we belong. We need to fight for our lives. And until that there is some fight and that basic dynamic changes, um, and I do think it's going to require an overhaul. Um, it's going to require new leadership coming in, making, making un, you know probably some unpopular choices. And I've said this before, guys, we all have our individual favorite players that we like for whatever reason, but none of that matters anymore. This is not working. And for this to start working, the entire mix has to be changed. But the first thing that happens before we talk about managers, before we talk about a center half who's going to solve everything or a striker who's going to solve everything or what have you, is that the basic social contract between the fans in this club has to be restored on some level. And until it is, until we can at least expect basic professional efforts out there not even asking for anything ex- exceptional to les's point if we had given basic effort today and done just some basic things right we we probably win the game or at least we get a point but until we get those things back consistently you can change the the, the window dressing uh but the house inside is, is rotten and and that's the problem and until that changes we're going to be having these same conversations over and over and over again We've had a few comments. Let's
1: actually saying Rob should be CEO of the football club. I'll, I'll be up for that. <laughs>
0: yeah. God help me. Definitely. I can't lose any more hair. I guess. Right.
1: So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Get on. Get on. to give you hair transplant tips. You'll be fine. <laughs> uh,
0: hey, Andre, That's the one thing he's got going for him. You know, right now is yeah. he hair he's is been, still the hair is still hanging on. So good for him. A bit
2: rubbish recently again. I hasn't think. He? I think yeah. it's ever since. I think it's ever since I altered them as my uh, tip for Player of the Year. He's been rubbish ever since. <laughs> hey, get <laughs> Ching Tosin
0: back on the pitch. He, he can solve some of these problems. Right? He's not getting on today. My word. I mean, good job he gave Ellis Sims. It's that free three-year deal as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Why, why would – and by the way, why – Why you know, Ellis signed that contract, but, you know, everyone who's stressing about, well, why doesn't Lewis Dobbin sign this con- Why would L- – Lewis Dobbin has to be looking at a manager who says every week that there's no point in playing young players. That's at his position – why would he sign a contract to stay here? He probably wants to. He'll probably go somewhere else and, and and at least have a shot to play. That dynamic has to change too, by the way, because this this these old conventional ideas about young players somehow just being so fragile that they can't possibly set foot on that pitch without you know without everything being a disaster. It's a disaster already. So you know some of these things just just yeah. have to be rethought.
1: Final word to you, Les. How are you feeling? how had the Wednesday? <laughs> I don't know if people heard that but um oh my god
2: yeah, yeah I'm, I'm I'm convinced more than ever now that we should just all boycott it on Wednesday I'm just, sure looking forward to how much people melt down to be honest nobody, but if nobody turned up and then the Reds all turn up with all the banners like they usually do like a load of knobheads giving up loads and there's no one there to give it loads to that would be brilliant
1: if we all leave after they go tune up
2: after 20 that, oh, that well, could also work I'm already making contingencies that we're not parked somewhere where we can block in, so we definitely can get off early if we need to, because we will. I'm oh, way ahead with this one. d yeah. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to it.
1: But heavy, happen. heavy stuff. Um, yeah, I know we've waited on a little bit there, but cheers to everyone for watching. Really appreciate all the comments. Thanks for listening. If you're listening to the podcast as well, um, hope you can enjoy the rest of your Sunday. We'll all get through this week together. That's the only thing I can promise you about that. Can't promise Everton's efforts. Can't promise any points. But we'll be here to provide these group therapy sessions throughout the course of the week. Uh, Cheers to Les Roberts. Cheers to Everton's CEO-in-waiting, Rob Vera. Um, If you can get over here at Christmas, mate, maybe time to put that, that CV in through the Finch Farm door you never yeah.
0: know. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'll, do, I'll do a nice PowerPoint <laughs> presentation. I'm sure they'll be impressed.
1: Uh, but we will leave it there today. Uh, again, thanks, everyone, for listening. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. We'll speak to you again very soon here on the Blue Room. Progressive presents Married to Your Home.
0: If you want to leave me for another house, I totally understand.
1: House? Where's this coming from?
0: It's just I, I know there's some newer homes on the market.
1: I didn't even know that because I'm not looking.
0: I bet those other houses don't have a crack in their foundations.
1: You know that crack doesn't bother me.
0: No matter how much you already love your house, you'll love it more knowing you could save big
1: bundling your home and auto with progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third party insurers. Bundle discount not
0: available in all states or situations. Sports Social Podcast Network.